0: Welcome to Canada's Most Irreverent Talk Show. This is The Andrew Lawton Show, brought to you by True North. Hello and welcome to you all. This is another edition of Canada's Most Irreverent Talk Show, The Andrew Lawton Show on True North on this Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. I just realized, like... A minute and a half before the show was on, late enough that I couldn't do anything about it because the introductory music was still playing, that I am wearing a purple shirt right now while I do a lead-in to a show that's going to be predominantly about the University of Western Ontario, which is all about the purple. I was not doing this on purpose, so I'm going to say this is not exactly celebrating Western in this moment, but I'm I'm reclaiming purple. I went to Western. It is a school that has done a lot of good. It's a very good school, and it's doing something right now that is absolutely unconscionable. It has been the first school in the country, so far as I can tell, to impose a three-dose vaccine mandate on anyone that needs to or wants to step foot, on campus in the year ahead. Students, faculty, even visitors. So I don't know if like the mailman that is dropping off, or sorry, the postal carrier, I don't want to be gendered, the postal carrier that's dropping off a package to the Department of Whatever, if uh, he or she has to be triple dosed. Uh, One person asked me an interesting question on Twitter a moment ago. What if like a visiting football team comes? So someone is playing the uh, the Western Mustangs, at the Western Mustang Stadium, do they all have to be vaccinated thrice to be able to play? Because that's like a good way to guarantee that all the other teams are disqualified. Say, oh, well, uh, they need to comply with our booster mandate if they want to come here. So uh, these are all of the different eventualities that we can talk about here. But right now, here are the facts. Yesterday, Western announced, and by the way, I don't even know if they were going to announce it, The way they did, because they they had initially quietly, quietly changed this policy, which was buried in a link on a post from July on the website. And they said that all of a sudden the vaccine policy, which they had last year, that everyone needed to have two doses to go to Western was now going to be updated so that everyone needed a third dose, a booster. University of Toronto has done this for students in residence. Western had done it for students in residence. I have not been able to find any other university in Canada at this point that has gone this far for just a blanket mandate for students just yet. And by the way, so this is in London, Ontario, where I live and where I'm coming to you from right now. Like... Four kilometers away from Western is Fanshawe College, a large, reputable college, and they've done the opposite. They've said no mask mandate, no vaccine mandate, and they initially said, and this is the great part, that they were following the advice of the Middlesex London Health Unit. Western has also said it's generally following the advice of the Middlesex London Health Unit. So I emailed the Middlesex London Health Unit today and I said, okay, we've got two people here that are saying opposite things. What was your actual advice? And I am still waiting for my phone to ring. If they call me back midway through the show, I'll just put them on speaker and you can hear for yourself. But I'm not holding my breath that I'll even get a response. So right now, if you are a prospective Western student, or not even prospective, if you are planning in two weeks, which is when classes start, to be going to Western, but you are not comfortable or not willing for whatever reason to get a booster, you now have to make alternative, alternative arrangements. And let's talk a little bit about what the timeline has done here. Because it was one week ago yesterday when the policy was announced that students had to put in their first tuition installment. So that was a week before the vaccine mandate was announced. Two weeks to go for classes to start. Now Western has said, not publicly, but they've said privately, and I got a copy of an email from them, that it was going to be a refund policy if someone wants it. If someone wants a refund and they ask by September 1st, they'll get their tuition money back. But even if that happens... It's not going to deal with the disruption for, hey, I plan to be in school and to be this many credits more closer to my uh, my degree and now I can't do that. It doesn't deal with a lease if you had uh, signed a contract for an apartment for the year ahead and now you can't go to school. And if you want to talk about how punitive this mandate is, it even applies to online students if there is any in-person component. So that could even be an exam. If you're doing a class that for eight months you can do from your own home, from your computer, but you need to go for like one day to do an exam, all of a sudden you're subject to the vaccine mandate. So let's dispense with this idea that it has anything to do with science at all. They're going above and beyond what the government is asking of them. They're going above and beyond what any other post-secondary institutions in the country are doing. And at a time when people around the country and around the world are trying to move beyond this 2020 COVID mentality, you've got institutions like Western in London, Ontario, that are doubling down and tripling down. It's no longer a post-secondary education, it's a dose-secondary education. Three doses to be exact, and that's only now until they update it in the winter term and say you need the fourth dose if you want to go back to finish the second half of whatever class you started in September. We're going to talk about this from a a couple of different angles, and I, I also want to get into the bigger picture here but fortunately I have to point out students are fighting back students at Western are pushing back against this and one notable example is a Twitter and Instagram campaign that launched called enough is enough Western the creator of this Kendra Hancock joins me on the line now Kendra we we were talking a little bit about the disruption aspect here but let me just first off talk about how many students are affected by this because I, I know you may not have exact numbers but but we know that booster uptake has been very low in general, certainly for people that are in the student age group. I imagine that there are a lot of students who last year were fully vaccinated that this year are ineligible to continue their studies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually just did some polling on that on Instagram. Obviously, it's a pretty casual poll. Um, it's not like it's a full-fledged investigation or anything, but um, we asked point blank who got the mandate or who got the vaccines last year because of Western's mandate, um, and versus who got it of their own accord. The numbers were, you know, very stark for people who got it because of Western, and I we also asked right after that if you got it because of Western's mandate, did you feel coerced? And it's so far it's overwhelming for people feeling like they're absolutely forced into this situation.
0: And the challenge is, is that if someone was, let's say, in their third year last year, and they figured, okay, I'm halfway through, I've got to get the mandate and, and go the next year, this year, they're even more invested. And, and, and it's challenging because Western would look, and they did last year and said, oh, wow, we have almost a 100% vaccination rate. Yeah, but you got that through coercion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one is always really funny to me. I heard it mentioned actually a couple times today. It's the go-to defense. It's kind of like if, you, if a country said, oh, well, 100% of our uh, citizens have drafted themselves into the war, have joined the war effort. But then you say, yeah, but don't you have conscription? So it's either you get an exemption or <laughs> you get kicked out of the country. So Yeah, no yeah country. if you
0: expel anyone that's not vaccinated, you are left with, curiously, a 100% vaccination rate. It, it's funny yeah, it's how that works out. Yeah, a strange thing
1: to brag about.
0: <laughs> what, what's been the effect on you personally of, of this? Where are you in your studies and, and what will this mean for you?
1: Um, It's actually been quite a long road and it's been just about a year since um, the first news hit about the pretty strong vaccination mandate. Um, I just finished up in my bachelor's through Huron at Western after being technically kicked out. Um, That was a very interesting long process, but I know a few people were able to fight it and obviously um, take advantage of you also see good timing and just being resilient in order to get their degree. Um, it cost me a few extra thousand dollars to do it because I had to do online studies at an out-of-province school to finish up. I worked really hard to do it on a tighter timeline, um, but was able to get my degree. So happy now to go back to Western for a master's program, um, a year-long master's program. And now, obviously, that's completely up in the air. So dreams have been a little crushed, but I'm putting that aside because I know. That all the people we're representing right now through the account are all in the same situation, and they're obviously unhappy too.
0: You mentioned on your uh, well, maybe not you, but someone on your uh, "enough is enough" account uh, may have been you tweeted out, "Hey Western you a lot of students are ready to request refunds. We're curious, are you ready? I don't know if it's a you know a threat or a prediction or however we want to characterize it, but but you're thinking here that there's going to be a, a noticeable financial hit to the university."
1: Yes, uh, that's what we're seeing. And I'd say it's um, legal reasons, it's not a threat. <laughs> no, it's definitely just to put a little bit of pressure and put them on the spot because they need to be, they need to be held accountable. Um, but yeah, from everything we've been seeing, countless of people are, are reaching out to us, um, are sharing these infographics on how to re- request a refund, as you are saying, um, how if you do it before a certain time, you get a full refund. Um, a lot of people have told us they've already done it. Um, you know. A lot of people are saying they're going to wait to see sort of what happens with obviously the advocacy coming from us and from the student councils. And hopefully we can get some things to change because it needs to change. Um, But it's it should be a fear of theirs because it's going to happen because students have had enough. So enough is enough.
0: I looked at the Western timetable is posted publicly, so anyone can go and look at what courses they offer. And there are not a lot of courses that are available online. There are a lot that you can only do in person. And as I mentioned uh, briefly earlier, there are also courses that may be online, but they have an in-person exam, which under Western's policy would would theoretically disqualify you unless you could get uh, an accommodation or an exemption or or whatever the, the proper protocol is there. So for students to do what you did is, is very difficult in general, depending on program and, and certainly at a master's level, at a graduate level, when things are very specialized and, and they're giving students two weeks to figure this out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's got to be part of the goal. Um, it was really difficult to do it last year. Not a lot of people were able to. Some people were able to do things differently and able to get through the year. Um, kudos to them, of course. Um, but I'd say Western's it seems like they're trying to make it more impossible. And that's the feeling amongst students. And that's obviously really discouraging considering they are so, I'd say so distant from the student culture at the moment. This is one of the first times in a long time I've seen the entire student, Western student population be united. And that's a really great thing. That's something that an administration should be proud of and take advantage of. Instead, it's trying to control us and divide us through silly tactics.
0: Have you gotten any sense as to who's really pushing this? I, I mean, I know some theories have, have been that the faculty, where you have some that are, are quite, you know, COVID paranoid have been pushing this. And you, you can kind of see this in the mask policy, because if you look at the Western mask policy, it's that if you're in the classroom, you know, where students are seated, generally not talking, you have to wear your mask. But if you're in the hallway talking, doing whatever you want, you don't have to wear a mask. It's just encouraged. So the fact that, you know, COVID only exists in the classroom and not in the hallway would seem to not be particularly logical. And and I draw from that that you had professors that were saying, you know, we will not teach in classrooms where people are not masked.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting, um, interesting to watch kind of unfold. And I feel bad for the professors who are not for this because they've been absolutely silenced. I mean, I've witnessed it. I've talked to professors. They've reached out to me and to, they've been, some of them have been vocal more on a, a private level as, you know, they go through these faculty meetings. Well, yeah, tenured
0: professors who thought they were unfireable were fired last year because they couldn't comply with the VAX mandate.
1: Yeah, and I mean, wait isn't that so, I mean, it's indicative of academia at the moment, but it's so against fundamental academic principles. I know so many people who have gone through the last year and say, I'm done with university. Obviously, it's not a culture and environment they want to be in. And I absolutely get that because it's just, it's become what it's become right now. Um, But unfortunately, you know, for many people midway through their degree, you already have so much money put into it. If you want to be employable, if you want to move on the rest of your life, um, you're already so invested, you have to continue.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. And I, I would also add that you know, we were talking about coercion earlier and I I think for students who just have a timeline, like I remember when I came out of high school I I had, I mean, obviously every prediction I had for my life ended up being wrong but, you know, it's like, okay, I've got it four years to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and it's easy to set those targets and timelines and you don't anticipate that you could be a straight A student you could be getting 80s, 90s and uh, for nothing to do with your academic performance, you will not you you will be at least a year behind maybe two years behind, last year plus this year because of this vaccine mandate and and unable to complete your studies at all or unable to complete them on the timeline you wanted and for no scientific basis.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's the part that really stings. I mean, we saw it last year and I hope we can avoid it this year. I truly do. Um, Where good students, um, people who do extracurriculars, who put in the hard work, who are perhaps on a roll, who really care about their studies, they're putting all this work in and they're getting trespass notices when their exemption fails. They are getting carried out of class by security for failing to comply. So it's it's backwards, obviously, and I hope it's not. Obviously, from our position, from what I'm seeing from students, I don't think it's too far gone. I think we can take it back. I think we can get back to being united and reasonable and actually focusing on what matters, which is education and the student experience.
0: I mean, obviously there are under the Human Rights Act and Western has acknowledged this exemptions that people can get for medical reasons and also for uh, religious or conscientious reasons. Now, these have been very difficult for some people to obtain, although I know there have been some examples of it. Some students can go this route, but obviously if that process becomes overrun, you know, Western's probably just going to say, no, we're, we're not playing ball here. Do you think Western will cave on this? Or do you think that, you know, they're just committed at this point?
1: I think they should cave on this. I think it's in their best interest. Um, Obviously, if their motivations aren't the Middlesex-London Health Unit or the Chief Medical Officer of Health, if their motivations for this aren't directly from public health recommendations, like they have said, if that's not the case, then then their motivations are obviously more on the selfish side, there's obviously something else going on, um, which could overpower their obviously their interest in hearing students out. But I think they won't have much of a choice because students are really passionate, um, and obviously are getting organized. And I think that this is um, that we have a good chance uh, making an impact here.
0: Just because you brought it up, I will have to ask you about this idea of the guidance and advice. And there was something that was very interesting that you pointed out to me when we were speaking earlier that the previous policy, the two-dose policy, had all of this uh, preambulatory stuff about where the policy basically came from. The new one doesn't have that. It doesn't say this is a direct response to the guidance and advice we're giving here. And so far, I can't find anyone giving guidance and advice saying this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I had a sneaking suspicion that that could happen and that they might try to do something Um, along those lines. So I saved that document, um, just so even for my own (laughs) reasons, so I could compare because last year, of course, the guidelines were pretty, the parameters were pretty laid out. um, And there wasn't too much of a choice on their their side, just because of the state Ontario was in and the direction the Ontario government was going. But that's not the case now. So I know what a lot of people, what a lot of students are thinking and are saying, thankfully, is where is the data Where is the recommendation? What is the reasoning? Where is this coming from? We need to know, we need the data that actually shows that someone with two or less doses is a physical threat to others on campus because that has to be the bottom line.
0: I know you touched on this a little bit before, but the audio was, was not uh, as great on that first answer. So if you need to restate anything, please do. But why have you made the decision to speak out? Because I know a lot of people don't want to go down this road of of opening themselves up for all of the naysaying and you know negativity that comes from, from speaking out on, on anything, but certainly on this issue. Why have you decided, yeah, I, I'm willing to put my name and face behind this?
1: I'm actually a really private person. So this whole thing has been... Um a bit overwhelming um but it's just one of the situations where it needs to be said um last year i attempted to speak out it didn't go quite as well just because um i'd say people weren't ready yet people weren't ready to see it yet people were thinking okay we go along with this and then everything will be fine things will resume it's
0: just one year it's just most of us are vaccinated anyway it doesn't matter it's really that mentality you were up against yeah
1: Yes, and then people, uh, I guess people who maybe didn't believe that or maybe who were sympathetic, it would just, maybe there wasn't a point in, in trying to speak up or support it. Um, i just say it. people were probably looking forward to the future and things getting better. And now that more people know that places like Western are hung up on not <laughs> moving forward, um, things have to be said. So basically, as soon as I saw the announcement, um I knew this had to be done and I was kind of preparing beforehand and I thought about some things that might be helpful for the community to know or to have one central spot where people could talk and um, could support one another, but I did not expect it to go so well as it has so far. Um, I've definitely had to take on some extra support and we'll have to continue doing that because um, I was able to keep up with messages. Now I'm probably 700 messages behind, so... (laughs) It's gone a little out of hand, but obviously in a great way.
0: Well, I'm glad I'm glad you got to my message then, and we're able to uh, to come on the uh, the Twitter account is Students for Agency. It's called Enough Is Enough Western, and I know you're also on. uh, What's the Instagram handle as well? I'm, I'm not never as good on Instagram.
1: Oh, it's the same. So it's Students for Number Four Agency.
0: All right, good. And and I, I think there's a, a tremendous value in what you're doing, not only because you're right, and I, I think on the right side of history here, but but also because when Western touts that 100% vaccination rate or 99. you know 99 bajillion percent vaccination rate, they're they're trying to isolate anyone that's not in that group, and they're trying to say that you are alone. And I, I think when you stand up in the way that you've done, you're telling people, hey, you're not alone, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of us.
1: Absolutely, and that's what it's about. We're going to be united. It's your own choice. If you want four vaccines, go for it. If you want zero, go for it. If you want to wear a mask for however long you want to wear it for, go ahead. It's not, it shouldn't keep us apart. There's no reason for it to keep us apart, especially as a school, especially as a community. So I just hope we can continue this momentum and uh, keep moving forward.
0: Well said. Well, what's next for uh, Enough is Enough? What can we expect from you in the coming days?
1: Um, Well, there's definitely going to be some more posts and the students have spoken, they want, if it is needed, which um, we'll have to kind of keep an eye on the next couple days, they want a in-person demonstration, people, students are ready to have their voices heard um, in that format, so um, we'll have to keep an eye out for that, but we're definitely very willing to get something like that going.
0: Well, let me know, and I will be there as a fellow Londoner. Kendra Hancock, creator of Enough is Enough. Thank you so much, and truly congratulations on, on launching this movement. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you very much. This is great, and and I say not that—I'm not saying that about the Western thing. I'm saying that about the response to it, because so often, like last year, Kendra mentioned this, you had Western moving forward and all universities in Canada moving forward with this. And effectively, they just get to say, yeah, well, that's what it is. And and at a time when, if you go back a year, most people were what was then called fully vaccinated. Now no one says fully vaccinated. And interestingly... If you look at the Western policy, they've removed any reference to the term fully vaccinated. So it's just like the federal government now. Fully vaccinated doesn't exist anymore because now it's about up to date. So there's no, there will be no surprise whatsoever when in six, eight, nine months time, Western says it's not just about having three doses. Everyone needs to have a dose within the last six months, within the last nine months, whenever it is. And we're talking about an age group here that is not at risk an an age group that simply is not at risk of COVID to justify this mandate. And I'm not saying there's zero risk. I'm saying that you're at an age group where where there is legitimately a a risk that will come from vaccination for some people. And and I'll look at what uh, Dr. Quadmo Kiramatang, who's an associate professor of University of Ottawa. He's a critical care and palliative care doctor. He is on TV. He'll be on CBC and CTV. So this is not some like crank that I found On the internet. This is a a very intelligent, very educated man who says about this mandate. And I want to quote exactly from his tweet low risk of severe disease, hybrid immunity, shutting out many racialized students, myocarditis risk. I'm at a loss. He says it's exclusionary. It, decry- it defies the fact that some people have immunity from infection, from prior infection, that students have low risk of severe disease. And there is, in fact, a myocarditis risk, a heart disease. And you're not supposed to say the M word when you talk about vaccination, but it is there. And this is not coming from someone who is against vaccines. This is coming from someone who believes in choice and who is pointing out how follow the science has very quickly become a race to who can be the most paranoid and who can let fear dominate their policy approach. And I have a a column coming out about this in the next couple of days, which means I, I need to... When I say something's coming out in the next couple of days, it means I need to finish it. But it is going to be coming out in the next couple of days. And I have a theory here that what Western is trying to do is curate its student population. I bet Western knows this isn't scientific. I bet Western knows this has nothing to do with science. And the mask the mask thing proves that. Because if you look at their policy that you have to be masked in the classroom but not in the hallways or the common areas, and trust me, I'm not saying they should require masks in more places, but I'm pointing out the inherent absurdity in that. COVID does not end at the classroom. I mean maybe in like a biology class if you're studying COVID and you have COVID out in the vials like you're in the Wuhan lab perhaps. But generally speaking I don't think in your philosophy seminar there is a risk of COVID and then outside in the hallway there's no risk. So if you are passing COVID around in the hallway it's not gonna stop because you go in and put the little piece of paper over your face. So the idea here is that Western must know This is ridiculous. And I bet Western professors of medicine and virology and epidemiology probably know this is not scientific. But they are trying to attract, I believe, a particular type of student. They want the type of student that has three doses of COVID vaccine. They want the type of student that's comfortable wearing masks. They don't want the renegade libertarians. They don't want the ones that are like, eh, you know, maybe I have done my due diligence and I think that two doses is enough for me, or one dose, or perhaps even zero doses. That's what Western doesn't want. Those people don't belong in the Western community, this university says. And I don't think you even need to be against the mandate to find it utterly offensive for them to drop this on students two weeks before classes are about to start. When us, Kendra, and I were talking about a few moments ago, students are in apartment leases, they've made plans to move, they have not made plans to go to another school, which now may be completely out of reach for them at this time. And this is something that will only continue to happen unless people take a stand. Unless people say, this is not what I am willing to put up with. And it's egregious to me that we are willing to sacrifice youth's education for this thing, this mandate. I'm not talking about the vaccination, but this mandate that serves no one's interests but a tiny group of people that are terrified of their own shadow and more importantly, people that want control over others people that derive purpose and meaning and pleasure and joy from controlling the individual decisions of other people. And let's take a realistic look at where this is going. And I want to play a clip here uh, from the mayor of Peterborough, Diane Therrien. I don't know if she Frenches it up, but I'm going to French it up for her. Diane Terrien. She is the one who made uh, a little bit of a name for herself because she tweeted a bunch of F-bombs Uh, a couple of weeks ago when that like absolute nutcase Queen of Canada uh, nonsense woman went to Peterborough and Diane said, you know, F you, F wads or something like that. And everyone said, oh, wow, she's so edgy. She tweeted at the crazy woman with mean slurs. Okay, fine, have fun, Diane. And Diane then was doing the rounds and she was doing an interview with CBC and, and she decided that her issue wasn't just with the Queen of Canada. Her issue was with effectively all people who are part of this protest movement, protesting for freedoms? And I want you to just take that context in mind and listen to what Mayor Diane had to say. Yes, I saw this play out in uh, the city of Ottawa, which is a much larger city with a much larger police force. Um, you know, this past winter, uh, the Peterborough Police Service again did you know an, a, an outstanding job at dealing with these these people, and and they have been for close to two years now. We've been seeing these kinds of protests of a similar nature, which has all been exacerbated by COVID-19. And so I think the fact that there's finally been some arrests and consequences for their actions hopefully will deter them. Um, But, I I mean, again, there's a group of people that are just, I feel like they're just bored with nothing else to do because they're protesting mandates and there's not even any mandates anymore. Um, So they're just kind of showing up because they've got nothing else better to do on a Saturday. They should go volunteer or help the community, but they don't. So she says people are protesting because they're bored on a Saturday. They have nothing to do. Uh, Okay, that's fine. She says they could go volunteer instead, as though they're not helping their community by standing up for freedom. Okay, that's fine. Um, But she says there's no mandates anymore. Now, at the time that she said this, when she said this, there was no three-dose mandate at Western. I'll give her that. But the whole point of the people who are right now protesting mandates is that they believe there is a mandate still in place. And the reason they are so foolish as to believe that is because there is. There's right now a vaccine mandate for many civil service jobs, including in Peterborough, Ontario. So to work for Mayor Diane's city, you have to be vaccinated. And she says there's no mandate. Talk about a woman who doesn't read the briefing memos. And beyond that, there is the risk that government will reimpose all of these things. When they've lifted them, they've said they're suspended and we're going to monitor and watch. And in the fall, they may come back. And then you look at Western. And Western has now taken, not for two weeks to flatten the curve, but for the entire year, a three-dose vaccine mandate that will exclude thousands, I suspect. And I want to just point out the numbers here because the numbers are very important. We say follow the science. Well, let's look at the data here. In Canada, the vaccine rate is generally very high. When you bring it to boosters, it's very low. In youth, incredibly low. So just 36.39% of 18 to 29-year-olds have received three or more doses, 36%. So just over a third. When you go to 12 to 17-year-olds, because some people are 17 when they start in university, that's what I was, 19.27%. So less than one in five. Now, if you were to break this down further by region and by education, you're going to find variances. But, but let's say that there are probably no more than 30 to 35% of Western's student population who are vaccinated with three or more doses. That's a pretty big denominator that is going to be forced to decide whether it's worth getting boosted just to stay in school or not. A lot will. A lot will. And for many of them, it will be simply because they were forced to, simply because they were coerced to, not because they wanted to. And for others, they will decide, you know what, this is not what I signed up for. And I think the problem with mandates is that they are all invariably a slippery slope. They all open the door to future mandates down the road. You look at what's happening right now, the uh, challenge, the legal challenge against the federal government's vaccine mandate for air travel. The liberals are trying to have the court challenge thrown out and their rationale for this is that it's moot. They say, well, the mandate's gone. It it's, doesn't matter. It's all over. And anyone with half a brain can say, yeah, but you brought it the first time. So maybe we need to just have this seen through the courts so that we know for a fact that you will not be able to bring it back again. Now, that's if courts decide the right way, which I don't have confidence they will. But the point is that you don't just get to say, well, we've rescinded the mandate. So there's no biggie. There's no discussion. We get to move on. Heck, Western withdrew its mask mandate over the summer. and Now the mask mandate is back. The vaccine mandate, they said, yeah, we're going to let everyone know by the week of August 8th. And then they didn't. So a lot of people said, okay, I guess there's no change to it. And then this comes out just two weeks before classes start that you need to have three doses if you want to go to Western University. And if you don't go to Western, you don't want to go to Western, you don't live in London, Ontario, you may think, Andrew, why have you devoted an entire show to this one university's vaccine policy? Because it's it's proving the point that these mandates are going to be perennial. And they are always just a pen stroke away. All it takes is one bureaucrat, one administrator, one lawmaker, and these things are a pen stroke away from coming back. And I'm sorry, but Diane Tarion, how dare you look in the camera with a straight face and say, there are no mandates. How dare you look at people in this country And say that if they're standing up for freedom, they're doing nothing for their community. They're doing nothing for their neighbors. How dare you look at the people who voted for you and the people who didn't and the people who live in communities outside of Peterborough who don't have to put up with your nonsense. How dare you look at them and say, uh, you know what? They just have nothing better to do. They just have nothing better to do if they're standing up and saying, you know, we don't think government should be exacting this control over its citizens. These mandates, whether you're talking about a public sector employment mandate or an air travel mandate, or you're talking about a mandate to go to school, are not just problems for the people they're affecting directly. They're problems for the entirety of society because they say that it's government that gets to decide and these administrative bodies and these school administrators that get to decide what you do with your own body, what do you do with your own life. Imagine if you, and I pointed this out on Twitter earlier, imagine you are someone who is about to start your second year or maybe your first year at university. The last three years of your life have been affected by COVID. The last three school years, the 2019-2020 school year, the 2020-2021 school year, and the 2021-2022 school year. In this time, extracurriculars have been suspended. School has been intermittently thrown online. You've been taken out of the classroom. Maybe last year you were denied the right to go to school because you weren't vaccinated if you're talking about first year of university. And you've gotten through all of that. And now you're being told two weeks before, oh, by the way, you thought this year was going to be normal. No, screw you. Get your three doses or get out. And I don't care. If you want to say, oh, well, vaccination is good and it's good and everyone should get it, that doesn't matter. That's besides the point. It's not about whether vaccination is good, whether COVID is bad. All of that is irrelevant. The question is, who gets to decide what your life should look like, what your body should look like, what your academic future is? You can have straight A's. You could be the favorite student, you could be on the Dean's Honor list. You could have scholarships coming out your rear end. I don't recommend that's where you put your scholarships, but you know what? That may be the only choice right now. You could have all of that, but if you don't get a third COVID shot to Western, you are nothing. You are the problem in Canadian society right now, and I hope everyone involved in this knows it. We've got to end things there. We will follow this story and hope that no other university in Canada goes down this road. We'll talk to you in a couple of days' time, folks. This is Canada's most irreverent talk show on True North, The Andrew Lawton Show. Thank you, God bless, and good day to you all. Thanks for listening to The Andrew Lawton Show. Support the program by donating to
1: True North at www.tnc.news.